Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He done it at last. Greg Norman. Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here it is. Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show. It is Inside the Ropes, episode number 36 and a huge, huge week with some big news to share with all golf fans around Australia in a moment. Andy Ma. In the studio alongside the great Mark Hayes. We're both suffering uh, this mystery lurgy Hayes. We haven't been kissing one another. So just to put that out on the, uh, out on the record, thanks we, for we've, kept a, we've kept a healthy distance. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. And uh, we're just after our 0055 licence in case <laughs> right. it's a bit, a bit racy. Stacey Peters joins us again. Hello, Stace. Hi, Andy. How are we doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Big show. Uh, Mark Leishman to join us. Sarah Jane Smith. And we'll catch up with Bryden McPherson as he takes us through the life of a touring pro uh, over there in China. But before we get stuck into the bits and pieces, uh, Mark Leishman, not too far away from joining us. Huge news, Hazy. This is uh, dream come true stuff for people like you and I, and I imagine for you too, Stacey, even though you're not coming. Um, but thanks, we're... thanks for rubbing that in. <laughs> right. yeah. We're off to the Masters. Well, I cannot believe it, Andy. It's all just happened very quickly and suddenly, but we are, the two of us, going to call it on radio. So um, the announcement was made on Wednesday morning. It's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, but a beautiful whirlwind nonetheless uh, as part of a broad sweep of media coverage, uh, radio media coverage. We're going to be over there Friday, Augusta time, so, uh, and we'll be bringing you the last two rounds via golf.org.au, uh, minute by minute, shot by shot, and on various other outlets, particularly if you're in Victoria, you'll be able to hear it on SEN, 11.16 SEN. But um, this, is, this has happened quickly. Never been done before uh, in, into Australia. It's a joy to be part of it. It's quite remarkable, actually. Um, I didn't think we were going, obviously. No, no. And uh, it happened quickly. And I think from memory, uh, myself having done this 25 times in my life, everyone has to get ready to go to work or school or anything that they're doing on Monday morning, right about the time when whips are getting cracking at Augusta National. What do you do you, you, if you can't? If you have to leave the tally, exactly, what do you do? Exactly. So I'm telling you now that there's an alternative, and it's a great one because you know, for all our faults, we'll be passionate about it, yeah. And, and I think that it probably will shine through more than anything in the coverage. So um, we will be doing Saturday and Sunday Augusta time, ball by ball, all the way through. I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait to uh, you know to do that. It's going to be staggering. We don't really know. As we sit here right now, we don't really know what it looks like, Stace. We, we know what the Masters um, provide from a media perspective, and it is world-class. And there's a new media centre there. Hazy Height was there in 2010, so I don't know what this looks like. In 2010, it was fantastic, but it was already getting too small mm. back then. So they've reconstructed the whole thing. Um, and I can't wait. I don't know what yeah. we have at our disposal. We'll find out when we get, when we get over there but it's going to be pretty amazing. It's all a bit of a mystery, and we'll probably give you the um, 
the brazen bit, Stace, when we talk about it so much when we get home. Yeah, so how is it kind of going to work? Is there just going to be a few of you covering a few groups, or how is that generally going to work? Or well, What are we going to be hearing? Be, Hazy and I will be in the central command position, yeah. uh, and we'll be covering as much as we can from there. We'll have a couple of people out on course, Tristan Fernanda and... Uh, Southern. Is, is it Johnny Sutherland? I think Southern's going to be out there as well. Now, we, there's no... For those who don't know, there's no following groups inside the ropes um, yeah. uh, at Augusta. They don't let, you know, um, radio and print media walk the fairways behind groups. So um, there's a limitation in regards to that. And I totally understand why they do it. They want it, you know, pure. pure. Yeah. So we get that. We think, I'm told, even though I'm not sure about this, Hazy, I'm told there are four radio booths out on the course. I know there's TV towers, but I don't know where the radio booths are, but we'll have, if that's the case, we'll have, um, you know, Southern and Tristan strategically positioned out on the course to bring us what should be the most dramatic turns, um, particularly on the weekend. Um, but, I, but I'm not sure where they are. I, I've, racked, I've racked my brain and I can remember one behind the 16th green. Okay, well, that, well that's a great place to be. Yeah, the other ones, I still can't for the life of me figure out where they are, but Presumably they're there, and if Tristan can get up there and Salo can climb a tower, <laughs> I think we'll be in business. Salo's pretty fit. I know about Tristan, but um, we'll be right. It is look which whatever how it ever plays out, we're going to be across everything between the four of us yeah. um, to the absolute best of our ability. Um, and it's a we're very lucky. I feel extremely privileged to be mm. uh, able to do this. You know. Um, I remember we were on air. I remember in 2013, I was, I was on air on SEN doing breakfast, and KB, Kevin Bartlett, was doing mornings after me, and we had the TV on in the studio. It was, you know, obviously went down to the wire, and Scotty gets over the line, and I called, you know, his putt on 18, and then Cabrera's putt on 18 in the rain, and it was just, it, we were breaking into other interviews that we had going on at the time, and it, but, but we were doing as best we, as we possibly could without breaching, you know, broadcast agreements. Bringing, <laughs> and Kev then got to call the winning putt. And it was, it was so dramatic and brilliantly received by the audience because it's live and it's, it's passionate and, it's, and that was history in the making. So hopefully we get... All roads are suggesting, all the lead-in to this Masters is suggesting that it could be something epic. special. It could be epic, yeah. And I, let's hope that there's an Australian involved when the whips are cracking. Um, I'm sure we'll go right over the top if that's the case. <laughs> that worst note to give it, yes. I can't imagine. I, I may end up kissing you if that happens. <laughs> but the, the beauty of what could happen, especially if an Australian's involved, is this will be... Like, we are restricted to hearing Jim Nance mm. and Nick Faldo. Um, you'll get a different take from us, I'm sure. Mm. I'm certain of that. No doubt. Very different. So um, we'll all, but look, all the details will um, be made public to you, but if you're thinking that this is something you want to listen to through your computer or your Bluetooth or through your headset or whatever it might be, golf.org.au is absolutely going to be the place that will take blanket coverage of Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Monday our time. And then, you know, variously, there'll be other places you can hear it, particularly if you're listening to our radio show, um, cut-down version of the podcast here on a Saturday morning on SEN, then you'll be able to hear it through um, overnight, of course, and then through Brecky and Jared's show. They'll take as much as they like, and that'll be dependent upon, you know, the nature of the finish, I suspect. So. Yeah, and one more thing, Andy. I think, you know, over the years, 
pretty much everyone who's got up to watch the Masters at some point in Australia has gone, why isn't this on before exactly. 6 in the morning or 5.30? And it's all to do with CBS broadcasting deals and what the Augusta National officials want to have happen. We're going to be going through the wee hours of the night. So if you've got a bit of insomnia or you want to get up and get into it before it's on telly, we're the place to be. And you won't be hearing this voice as part of it, but this, going back to 2013, this is the sort of stuff that I was talking about. Here's KB on SEN calling that part. Adam Scott settles himself over the ball. It's around about 10 feet. Adam Scott settles, takes the club back. The ball is on its way. It's on its way. Yes! It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Adam Scott has just sunk the putt. There was more than 10 feet. That's that brilliant. Is... That's brilliant. <laughs> but that's the sort of stuff, you know? Oh, so... Doesn't that make the hairs on the back? Oh, it does. It really I got does. chills. It oh. really does. Um, look, there's a lot of stuff we're going to uh, talk about on the way through today. Uh, Mark Leishman, not too far away from joining us, so I'll have to get to a break in a moment and get to Leish. But just while we're on the Masters and events of the week, and there's some fallout from the WGC match play that we need to talk about beyond Cameron Smith, but how good was Cameron Smith? During the match play. I mean, and with that sort of thing, that pressure on the line to get, you know, to cement his spot. Like, obviously, he was aware of that. I mean, I'm sure everybody was mentioning it. And, hey, he he would know that as much as he's probably trying to push that out of his mind. But, oh, that was awesome. And, I mean, I did watch quite a bit of it, and he played some awesome golf. Yeah. There was It was really (laughs) disjointed about his world ranking, what it was going to be through the week. Because you think we learned from some source, which... Was apparently erroneous. <laughs> Just <laughs> ask Ian Polder about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that when he beat Matsuyama in round two of the round robin, that was enough. I thought it was too. Yeah, and then we, we then we think, all right, as long as he qualifies from the group, he's bound to finish T nine, no uh, T seventeen rather. Yeah, no worse. Worse. Yeah. Um, no, apparently that wasn't the case. And oh, is then, that right? I thought if he got into that, yeah, that's what I oh, thought too. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then and then he had to still have a a, a series of one-out events happen in, you know, in yeah, unison right. with to, each other. Yeah. To, and he was, still wouldn't make it. He would finish 51st where Ian Poulter ended up oh. finishing, but none of them happened. Siwoo Kim lost early in the first round of the knockout phase. Yeah. And he was guaranteed a spot. And he ended up 44th. Um, oh, with room to spare. Oh, yeah, on the bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, just great, though, isn't it? I mean, he's, t- he's such a terrific kid. Um, oh. He's a great representative. He does it all. He bleeds... The Maroon, as we've spoken to him about on this yeah. show last year, but he loves, I think he loves wearing, you know, the Australian colours on his sleeve and um, yeah. he, he, he'll be representing himself, but at the same time, who knows how, how keen we are. Reminds me like. quite a bit of Leash, actually, those two together, yeah. I reckon. You know, real real Aussie, Aussie blokes. Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to talk to Leash about that. Yeah. yeah. I think um, one thing with... Uh, with Cam Smith, and we haven't had a chance to see it yet unless you've watched him at an amateur level. He's a big-time performer. We mm. saw it at um, Chambers Bay when he nearly held out for Albatross on the 18th. Uh, he was the dominant player in the match in the um, Zurich shootout when he Absolutely. won that with yeah. Jonas mm-hmm. uh, Bleakst. He's a big-time player. When the stakes get high, watch out for him. Mm. Yeah. Well, how about the match where he won when he beat Hatton? Didn't he have yeah. uh, Hatton had maybe seven birdies, I think? Yeah. And he beat him with eight. Yeah. yeah, amazing, it's amazing. <laughs> no, he's got gears for for a, for an unassuming type. He's certainly he's a fire in the belly, and he's got gears with his game, which um, you need. And the hands around the greens. Oh, well, at that's going to kill blokes, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a lot of. Other... excited. You yeah, know, we can't wait. <laughs> so, um, 
that's the news. Uh, let's get a break out of the way. Uh, Mark Leishman about to join us. There's a whole lot of other stuff we need to talk about uh, from the WGC match play, other news around the world. There's bits and pieces we need to knock off on the way through. But uh, as I said, we'll get a break out of the way. Mark Leishman to join us next here on Inside the Ropes. G'day, I'm my golf ambassador, Jason Day. I'm really excited to be an ambassador for my golf, Australian Golf's National Junior Program, jointly run by Golf Australia and the PGA. My golf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about teaching children the basic skills of golf in a safe and healthy environment. And just as importantly, about the life skills that golf can teach you that distinguish our sport from the rest. Remember to visit mygolf.org.au for more information. G'day, I'm Jared Felton, and I love catching up with you inside the road. Welcome back to the show. Well, I don't know whether our next guest, uh, you two, particularly you and me, Hazy, because we are, uh, as people now know, lucky enough to be heading over to Augusta. I don't know whether he becomes as consumed by the US Masters as we uh, golf fanatics become. Um, but let's find out. Mark Lucian's been good enough to join us on Inside the Ropes, and what a joy it is to have you on the show, big fella. Thanks for giving up a bit of your time. Yeah, thanks, guys. No worries. Good to be talking. Do you? Do, I mean, is it something for you? I mean, the, the majors loom, you know, large, I imagine, on, you know, players of your calibre's schedule. You, you know, you plan for them. But this one does feel like it's always a, pretty unique and a bit special. Does it Does it kind of consume you in the lead-up to it? Um, I think it can if you're not if you're not careful. Um, you know, you've got so long between the PGA, the end of last year, and, and the Masters. Um, a lot of time to prepare and uh, and you know what the course is going to give you. So, um, you know, it, it, it's nice that it gives you a bit of extra time to prepare, but you've got to be careful that you don't, um, you know, forget about the tournaments that you're playing leading up and yeah. sort of focus on preparation. But, uh, you know, I've played enough of them now that, um, you know, I just try and treat it like a normal tournament. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I'll start preparing a little earlier just with the draws off the tee and all that sort of thing. But, um you know, at the end of the day, it's still still a golf course. It's a ball in the hole, and um, yeah, you need every shot. So you just if you prepare like you do for every other tournament, you'd be good. Do you find yourself thinking about some of the particular shots on the course, though? Like you know, the tee shot on sixteen, where you got to hit your drive on two. You know, just the step where you're going to leave your shot coming into seven. Where depending on where the pin is, do you, do you are you that way inclined, or you just you sort of half answer the question, but I wonder whether you do in your quiet moments, you know, once you get within a fortnight of the thing, whether you start to, oh, yeah, that shot, I love, I love, or I don't like playing that shot. Is Do those thoughts creep into your mind at all? Um, yeah, definitely. None of the shots that you mentioned, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, which are the shots then? What are the shots? Well, all of, well all, it's funny, because all the shots you just mentioned, you're just happy to hit the fairway. The fairway is so narrow on seven. Well, the fairway is very narrow on seven. Anywhere on the fairway there, and you're happy. Mm. Two, if you're, you're happy if you're on the fairway. Um, you know, 16 is... There's not a whole lot to it. You've just got to, you know, know where not to miss it to certain pins. Um, but the shots I think about are... Probably the tee shot on ten is so I, I face the ball off the tee, and that's like a if you can hook it forty yards, that's what you got to do there. <laughs> yes. um, and then the tee shot on thirteen, which is another one where you've got to you know hit the big hook off the tee with a three wood, um, try and keep it down the left because it's a flatter lie, um, knowing that if you don't hook it and you're in the pine straw up top, it's. Uh, you know, you're probably, or well, you're definitely laying up. So, 
you know, there's it's probably more the holes where I, where I have to draw it off the tee. Two, I can hit a fade. Seven, I can hit a fade. Um, so, that, yeah, not so much those ones. But the thing with Augusta is um, a lot of the greens, you know, you've got to be shaping it into the hills. So 14, for instance, so you're trying to hit a... Mm hit a draw into that green, but the ball's below your feet. So you try and hit a draw off a fade lie. So that's where what it does all the time. Um, you know, 13, the second shot there, the ball's normally at least a foot above your feet. And, you you know, it's, it's going to draw off there. and then But you have to start it over the water on the right to, to draw it into the green. So, it's um, yeah, ball striking is very important. But even if your ball striking is good, your short game's got to be just spot on. So, man, I know you didn't have your A game perhaps in Austin last week, but it looks like, I have not been there yet, but it looks like a hilly course. It doesn't look like a lot of flat lies. Is that a fair comment, like it would help you to Augusta? Because what people can't see on television is there is not one traditional flat lie at Augusta National, is there? No, there's not. Um, yeah, and that's what, um, I just had, a, had an interview before this one, and um, I was just talking about that, how, um, you know, Playing in Austin last week certainly helps with just kind of refreshing your memory of how different shots react off different lies. Um, you know, a lot of the lies we play off a flattish um, Augusta. There's, you know, you you always got the you know one foot above the other, or you you know squatting down to try and hit it from below your feet, or feel like you're swinging a baseball bat. You know, just just every <laughs> shot is something to it. So um, yeah, just hitting shots there. Um, off different lies was really good for me. Uh, you know, I feel like I, I played decent there. My good stuff was good enough to, to win um, anywhere, but I just threw in too many bad shots. Mate, so um, just got to, you know, hone that in a little bit. Do you feel like you've got the um, capacity now, given your success of the last few years, to taper towards this event or any major championship or any other championship that you feel like you need to really knuckle in on? Um I guess back when you first qualified, was it 2010 maybe for the Masters? You know, you're probably just in awe of getting there and who cares what you do in the lead-up. Do you find yourself picking and choosing a better path towards it now and other majors for that matter? Yeah, definitely. You know, my first Masters or anyone's first Masters, I feel like um, it's just so busy. I think we had 12 people in the house we rented. Um, It was more of a party than it was a golf tournament. (laughs) Um, And then since then, I've really, you know, try to just have a you know as few people as possible in the house, just treat it like a normal event, not wear myself out early in the week because it, it's really easy to do that around there because, um, you know, you, it's Augusta National, you want to play there as much as you can. You're like, you know, I want to play Monday and then play, play in Tuesday and play Wednesday and then you're worn out before the tournament starts. So um, I feel like preparation is important. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of different factors to, to playing well there. You know, obviously you need to be playing well, but, you need to not let the the wind changes and all that affect you too much because it, it swirls around a lot there. It's, you know, it's hilly, the trees are really tall and, and the wind's all over the place. So it's, it's easy to, to lose, you know, have your head come off. You just mentioned, Leash, about, uh, you know, trying to conserve your energy, playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What's uh, this, this tournament going to look for, like for you? Do you play the par three comp? You know, how many practice rounds? Or what's your plan for this one? Yep, so my wife and kids would kill me if I didn't play the par uh, the, <laughs> the three. So we, uh, we do that, yeah, definitely the par three. <laughs> yeah. um, we fly in Sunday afternoon, so okay. I'll see how my body feels Sunday. Um, I'll 
you know, might go out and play nine Sunday afternoon. Um, then I'll probably play nine Monday, just nine every day, pretty much. Um, just because, I mean, it's probably the one course for the year that you know exactly where all the trouble is and you know where you've got to be for every shot. So it's more having your short game good. So a lot of short game practice, a lot of putting practice, um, but conserving energy. So um, it's all about practicing smart that week. I mean, every week is about practicing smart, but particularly that week because the practice facilities are so good. It's easy to just spend all day out there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just let time get away from you. So, um, yeah, I'll probably try and limit it to half a day at the course each day and then just um, try and relax. You know, my kids are going to be down there and wife, so we'll, um, you know, spend time with the kids, um, just be a dad. And it's, it's nice when they're there because I can come off the golf course and just forget about golf. Which Get is, away um, from it. What, yeah. yeah, which is what I need to do. Yeah. Have you got those tailored little cute white overalls, mate, for the kids? Yeah, they're all ready to go. We've got the tailored, yeah, the white overalls with the leashman on the back and then we've had boxes arriving this week with green shoes for them. <laughs> oh, how good All sorts of stuff happening. So it's going to be, uh, we're playing with Tony Fee now in the par three tournament, uh, who's got four kids. Wow. So it's my three kids, he's four kids. and Big Cameron Smith, so. Cameron Smith might not, might not ever want to have kids after. Uh, after <laughs> they might. They might. People might be asking who's whose kids he. Like, is he exactly. one of yours? Yeah, I know. Yeah, hopefully there's no bloodshed. Hey, the boys could uh, end up belting each other. I, I hope. I hope. I hope the good people of the Green Jackets don't mind me saying this, and I say it with absolute affection and respect. But Leash, it's like Disneyland in golf, isn't it? I mean, it's it's like when you go through the gates there and you walk into the place. It, describe the joy and the happiness that for you it's about winning the tournament but for you know the first time you walk in and the kids and the family and just how magical the place is can you do you still get that buzz every time you go back there yeah it is and i think they would love you love hearing you say that um you know as, as a kid you that's the dream is to go to disneyland well as a golfer the dream is to go to augusta national um and, you know, I'm lucky because I've played there a lot of times. And um, it's, you know, when you drive in there the first time each year in Magnolia Lane, it still, you know, stands the hair up on the back of your neck. But, you know, now because I've played there so much, it's it's more just a golf course and I'm looking at, you know, where I want to hit it, where I don't want to hit it and making sure my game's good. So um, I feel like that's an advantage. Um, you know, guys who it's their first year, um I can see how it is overwhelming because it certainly uh, was for me my first year. But um, no, it's a, it's such a cool spot. They do everything so well. They treat treat the players well. They treat the fans well. They treat the media well. I mean, it's just everything about it is is really good. And they don't, um, you know, they don't rip everyone off. So I think it's dollar fifty for a sandwich and you know cheap cheap beers, cheap soft drinks, all that. So Daisy's um, going to love it then. Yeah, it's a it's a cool spot. <laughs> Leash, a hard one and an easy one. Take your pick. Which order do you want them? Oh, I'll go the hard first. All right, mate. Uh, I would imagine that most people would say, if having not played Augusta, that your scores would be better on the back nine because you would just gobble up the par fives and if you hang on at 10 and 11, you're, you're away. Not like me, but I actually did some research last night. You, What's going on with you? I know. It's very unlike me. 14 rounds at Augusta National Leash. What do you reckon you are on the back nine? Oh, geez, I was about 20 over on it last year. <laughs> I remember I made an 8 or a 9 on 15. I'd be, yeah, probably over par on the back nine, I reckon. And Well, I'd be over par on both of them, I would think. But um, I've probably played the back worse. You know, I'm pretty aggressive and 
uh, maybe need to hone that in on the par fives this year. So four. So they'll play the back worth. Four, yeah, you're, you're correct. Four over on the front nine through 14 rounds, and 18 over on the back nine, which astounded me. Mm. Um, and I was looking at all the individual hole scores, and I, I get that 10 and 11 are brutal, particularly 11. But it really surprised yeah. me that you haven't gobbled up the 13 and 15, and for that matter, 18. The way you you can that'll fade up the tunnel. Is yeah. that something you're thinking about as you prepare? Well, the thing, yeah, the thing about um, 13, it's a big hook off the tee. Um, and then, you know, I generally go for the green if I'm anywhere near it. So that's not surprising. 15 is very tough. That second shot, um, such a small target. Uh, and then if you lay up, it's probably an even harder wedge shot. So, um, yeah, it's hard. 18 does surprise me. Um, but that's, you know, a pretty narrow shoot. You know, that looks very narrow on TV and... When you're there, it doesn't look any wider. So, um, it's it, it, it is a demanding course because yeah. you know everywhere that you bail out. For instance, on eleven, on right on eleven, um, that's a pretty much that's a really really tough chip. Um, you would you know you'd think hitting away from the water would be a good thing to leave yourself a chip, but you're in a big valley and then chip into the green green run on the way to towards the water. So that's tough. I mean, the bail out on fifteen is long. Then it's you know, I hit the best chip shot I've ever hit there. Probably the best shot I've ever hit on Saturday, the year Scotty won. And um, from I was about probably five paces off the back edge of the green. Pin was just in the middle and it went to about 15 feet. But I thought it was going to finish on the back edge of the green from over the back and it rolled, it stopped on the front fringe. Wow. So it's, it's just everywhere you bail out, you've got a hard shot. So you can't bail out anywhere, um, which I think that's what makes that place really good. Um, especially, you know, you've got to be mentally strong to, right. to not bail out. All right, I've made you weak at the knees. Now something to encourage you, because the history will tell you that you don't win the Masters until you've had a couple of losses. I think it's, yep. I think it's Fuzzy Zeller and maybe the first couple, the only times that people have gone around and won it early. Yep. You've had your name on the leaderboard, not only in 2013, which we all remember, but you blazed out of the, out of the blocks, I think the following year, maybe. Um, you've seen your name at the top of those magnificent white boards. That, I put to you, that has to be a good thing when you roll up there again this year. Yeah, it is, definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously a goal to, to have your name at the top of that board, um, well, Sunday night. But, yeah, to, even to see it there early in the week, it, it's pretty cool. Um, I was lucky in 13 to pretty much be up there all week. Um, you know, obviously didn't finish that off. Um, the way I want to, but um, yeah, it's just I, I feel comf- more comfortable now than what I, you know, leading I guess tournaments. Um, you know, last year I you know, led quite a few tournaments. I was lucky enough to win a couple, but um, I feel like the more you get yourself into that position, the, the easier it, um, it gets to handle it. And um, you know, hopefully I'll be dealing with all those uh, all those things next week. Yes. Um- Lee, you mentioned Cam Smith before, and obviously him cementing his spot uh, in the field last week. Um, and you mentioned him, you know, you're going to play the par three with him. Is he sort of someone you, you know, tuck under your wing a little bit as one of the younger guys to uh, look to help him out a little bit? Yeah, I'm good friends with Cam. Um, yeah. You know, more friends than than mentor, I feel like. But, um, you know, great friends with his caddy. Um, 
you know, I, I like the way he goes about things. Um, and then, you know, if, if he's ever got any questions, he, he asks me, you know, we're good enough friends that he does that. So yeah, um, it, it's cool to to help other people. And, um, you, know, so, you know, he's, what, probably 10 years younger than me. Um, you know, hopefully he'll have a, a long career. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not, like I say, it's nice to be able to help the young guys. Yeah. Big fella, you um, just getting away from golf for a moment. The footy season started back here last weekend on Thursday night, uh, and a certain team got off to a reasonable start, winning by 26 odd points against a team that will go past. We'll give the other team, the team that got beaten, will give the team the one win burn in the next couple of years. I've got no doubt about that. But you are, you, you, you don't mind the Tigers, do you? You're a bit of a Richmond supporter, aren't you? Yeah, I've been a Richmond supporter my whole life. So are you oh, annoying right. the crap out of everybody still who wants to talk footy with you? Are you one of those Richmond supporters who whacks a DVD of the grand final on when people come around to the house and suddenly the, you've got your, your phone rings changed on your phone to the Richmond theme song? <laughs> are you one of those annoying? To, do you get the Dusty Martin haircut at any stage? What have you been I'm doing? Not, I, don't, I don't think that would look too good on me, the Dusty Martin haircut. <laughs> um, no, actually, I still haven't seen the full game. I've seen the first half. Um, but yeah, I've I still haven't uh, haven't seen the whole game, which is uh, something I've got to do. I need to get that DVD at some point. Um, I might bring one over for you. Yeah. So uh, no, but yeah, obviously, you know, proud of them guys. Um, you know, it's been a rough few years, but um, few. Just great. To, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just awesome to to see that they, um, you know, put all that aside and. Um, Played to win in that grant. Well, the whole all of you know last year. So it's nice to uh, to see all the hard work that you know Damien Hardwick's put in, and obviously all the players, um, you know, putting everything into it and you know getting the reward. So hopefully they can uh, keep doing the same stuff this year, and hopefully the results will follow. Mate, I, I can't imagine Audrey liking the the Dusty too much, so I'd, I'd rock with that uh, <laughs> opinion for a while. How how is she, mate? For everyone here back here who cares about her, and and also tell us a little bit about or how the Begin Again Foundation's trucking for you. Yeah, she's going great. She's uh, it's actually three three years tomorrow from when she was uh, put into the coma. So um, it's been uh, yeah, you know, big milestone for her. She's uh, pretty close to, to back to, you know, her old self. Um, uh, you know, things are, things are great. Healthy, she's healthy, kids are healthy. Uh, and then, you know, the like you said, the Begin Again Foundation, which is our foundation, uh, that really, yeah, I will say it filled a hole in her life. She um, She's always wanted to help people and, you know, she, she wanted to be a social worker when she was in college and all that and, and help others. Um, then she kind of met me and, you know, got a bit sidetracked and, um, you know, this really opened up a door to, to be able to help people. And it's really, you know, like I say, it's, it's completed her and she's, uh, she's loving, um, all the fundraising work and, and just, you know, helping people. So, um, you know, we've helped, I think about 1500 families in the, about the two years that we've, uh, that we've helped. We've, raised just over a million dollars total so um yeah it's 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 just cool to be able to um let's say just to help people that aren't as fortunate as we are and um that you know helps them and and makes us you know feel good as well so it's a a win-win isn't that awesome i mean you 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 see the sacrifice that she's made for your career 
And, you know, that, that's, that's part, that, that sort of comes with the territory, I reckon. And then, and you know that she's made that sacrifice and then she goes through what she goes through and then she finds this thing. And I mean, you, you just enunciated that amazingly. She finds this thing that is great for her. That's great for her. But for you, that must be brilliant to see your wife find something that just does for her what it, what it clearly does. Yeah, it does. You know, you obviously you want your loved ones to to be happy, and um, you know we certainly were that before. But um, you know, I feel like um, you know everyone's got a reason to be here, and um, you know I feel like my reason is to be a dad. Um, her reason is to is to to help people. So uh, this has really really helped her to uh, just, I guess. It, yeah, it's just completed it. Mm. Probably the best way to put it. Uh, you know, she was. We were both very happy beforehand, but this is um, really the, the icing on the cake, and That's hopefully, great. it can just keep getting bigger and bigger and help more families. That's uh, awesome. As time goes on. That's great. It's great, and you've you've ex- you've described it perfectly. Hey, we'll let you go. Just a couple of quick ones. Um, we're, we're obviously looking forward to Augusta, but you know, we've been talking on this show about the next eighteen months we've got to look forward to in Australia, and I know you're. You know, hopefully, going to be a major part of it with the World Cup. You know, two huge events in Melbourne, obviously the World Cup, and then twelve months after the Presidents Cup. You've got a lot of golf to play and a lot of you know big ticket things to look forward to between now and then. But I, I imagine those two events loom pretty large on your on your schedule. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, to represent Australia uh, at Metropolitan would be would be huge a huge honour again. Um, Hopefully, I can uh, you know finish off this year really well, really strong, and uh, be on that team. And then you know the Presidents Cup at, at Royal Melbourne. Um, it's just it's great that it's back there again. Um, you know the internationals. We really need to pull our fingers out and, and play well this year. So um, hopefully we can win that cup, um, or you know at least give them a, a good run for their money. But you know we're certainly uh, with Ernie as the captain. We're um, really excited to. For that to uh, you know to try and win that cup back, it's uh, it's been in the American hands for, for way too long. I would imagine you know Ernie a little bit, Leash. Have you spoken to him about that? Are you pumped for it specifically because he's the new captain? Yeah, I have spoken to him about it. Um, you know, he was probably well. Him and Greg Norman were my idols growing up, and um, you know, to to be on a team under him would be would be huge. Um, you know, certainly a, a big goal of mine over the next couple of years is to, you know, be on that team and, and hopefully be a big part of that team. You know, trying to uh, knock off the Americans. But yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be great to to play under him and uh, just to get to spend more time with him. He's such a such a good bloke and um, you know someone that I've looked up for my whole life. So uh, it's yeah, it's exciting for uh, for everyone that's a chance to get on the team. I think. You can only play one one course. We the boys and I went down for our regular annual um, golf tournament two weekends ago down at Port Ferry, and got blown off the joint. But it was magnificent. You can only play one course for the rest of your life, Mark Leishman. Port Ferry or Warnable? Which one do you play? Oh, I'd play Warnable just for that reason because you know, I don't really like playing Port Ferry when it's windy. He <laughs> has to say that. I think uh, it's pretty yeah, windy no, at Warnable, doesn't it? I actually got asked that before. Um, they're both so good in different ways. Uh, they're different every time you play them, they're, and just completely different. Like 
you know, Port Ferry's a complete link style, Warnable's not. Um, but, you know, mum and dad live across the road. It's, I've got so many good memories at Warnable. It'd have to be Warnable. Good man. Um, we can't wait to um, see you tee it up. Um, we're going to be lucky enough to be over there, Hazy and I, and a couple of others uh, bringing it all back live to Australia on the radio, which is, you know, brilliant to be part of that leash. Hopefully on Monday morning, our time over here, again, you're right in the mix and uh, Australians are hanging on the edge of their seats as uh, Leishman's got a big putt on 18 to do something pretty special. Uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Thanks for giving us so much of your time today. Yep, no worries at all. Good talking to you guys. Good on you. Mark Leishman joining us on Inside the Ropes. Hi, this is Sherelle McMahon. Swing Fit is the fun, healthy, social way for women to get started in golf. You'll learn the basics of the golf swing and how to putt over a six-week program and get your whole body moving through yoga and Pilates-style exercises. You don't need any golf knowledge or equipment. Simply turn up in comfy clothing and get started. You'll be surrounded by like-minded people and receive constant support. So get outdoors, meet new friends and learn a sport that you can play for the rest of your life. To find a program Visit G'day, it's Nick O'Hearn here. Whenever I get the chance, I catch up with Inside the Ropes to follow up on all the latest golf, and I urge you all do the same. It's a great show. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes. There's a lot of golf to look forward to. Uh, we've been banging on about uh, you know what happened last week and Mark Leishman and what's in front of him with the Masters just around the corner. But um, for the women, Stace, it all happens this week, the first of the majors, the A Inspirations underway this week and we've got a lot to look forward to strong Australian representation and one of those is going to be Sarah Jane Smith who's been good enough to join us on the show thanks for joining us Sarah oh no worries thanks for having me how much are you looking forward to the f- the first really big one of the year yeah no I love this place so it's a really nice way to get the year started off with the majors and um I kind of I struggled last week uh with the greens last week and these are this week here at ANA are probably the best greens we play all year, so it's, it's something to look forward to, which is nice. Is it is it nice just to be able to know that you're in these fields and not have to worry about it like you perhaps once did? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that I think some girls that maybe haven't been through that definitely take for granted. Once you've been in that position where you're know, trying to qualify for events or doing US Open qualifiers, when when you don't have to, it never that feeling of satisfaction never leaves. I think. <laughs> And how do you feel coming into this week, uh, Sarah? How's your yeah, form? Good. No, it's um, it's been a bit of a, a weird start. I felt like I've been hitting the ball well, but just haven't been scoring and just making some pretty, pretty dumb mistakes and um, just just not getting in a good flow. But I actually um, I got a uh, flight scope a couple of weeks ago um, and really only sort of got it just for distances, like just for wedge distances and things like that. And I've already noticed like a, an enormous difference, uh, especially last week. Like we have, um, there's a couple of short par fives and it was the first time where I really felt good about my wedge game in a long time. So that was a really, really good positive coming into this week. So You're really uh, getting up with the technology, SJ. <laughs> I have no idea how to do it. for me and then... This big number pops up on the screen, and I know it. that's about all I know going on. What made you? Uh, I don't want to know, actually. <laughs> what, yeah, well, that's actually that's probably a good thing. But what made you uh, yeah. look into something like that? Well, Dwayne Gilly, he's been uh, he's been trying to get me to get get something. You know, one of there's quite a few of them now. But 
And uh, Flightscope have an amazing program where they, they really look after um, their, their tour posts. So um, I was fortunate enough to, to get on the program that they have, and um, it's uh, it's great. I really uh, <laughs> I didn't think I would like it as much as I do, but it's my new practice buddy. So. Nice. Uh, Sarah, you, you've been you, you've been you've been out there for a long time now, or you know for uh, for a while now, and and um, you've just sort of been flying under the radar. But that seemed to change a bit towards the end of last year when you had that really strong finish to the season. How much um, confidence will you take through the next phase of your career, um, given the the strength of your finish to the season last year? Yeah, no, it's been it's been coming along slowly. I guess I'm a late bloomer, but um, no, it's it's funny because I'm I'm well and truly a, a veteran out here now. They say, mm. <laughs> which is a bit concerning. But um, you know, I mean, you know, it happens and it happens. Everybody uh, matures differently, I suppose. And um, it's taken me a lot longer than than some girls. But you know, I probably could have done a few things differently along the way. But I'm really proud of you know what Dwayne and I have done together until we've gotten here. Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to hopefully being a little smarter than we've been at the start of this year and getting some good results. So. I remember at the time you were talking about um, some kind of tempo changes that you'd made to your swing, and you, it, it, just reading between the lines, it felt like you might have kind of unlocked something um, in terms of, you know, in terms of that. Uh, it, was that was did I read that accurately? And have you, have you kind of stuck with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean. Even uh, I've been working back with Sean Foley for a a little over two years, but um, we worked together for four years um, uh, years ago. (laughs) But every coach I've worked with has always been trying to slow me down, and I just haven't ever figured out quite the right way to do it. Um, And then um, probably it was just before Asia last year, uh, just before the end of the season, where um, we had I had a FaceTime with Sean, and we kind of figured something out, and it's. yeah, it's made a massive difference. I mean, obviously, tempo is a huge part of the game, and um, for me, especially when I, I get faster, it's, uh, it's just given me time to to get things right, so, which has made a massive difference. Um, SJ, you mentioned Dwayne a few times. Dwayne being your husband and uh, caddy, um, how do you how do you make that work so well? He's obviously been your caddy uh, since day dot. Um, and I know I've been lucky enough to have Daz caddy for me quite a lot, and I've always found the uh, the good quite good and the bad really bad. <laughs> Good-day, Daz. Um, yeah. um, but how have you uh, been able to manage that? Um, I mean, it's it's definitely not easy, and I mean you've done it, so you know better than anybody. But um, I mean, we have our our bad days for sure. Um, but I think we're lucky in the fact that we're both relatively calm, but we still have our our moments and. Um, and I, I, I know that Dwayne always wants the best of me, but sometimes he literally can say <laughs> the dumbest thing. Because he has, he has the, he has the key to, <laughs> well, not the key there. <laughs> he knows how to push my buttons, let's say. Yes, yeah. Hi, Dwayne. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, we, um, you know, I think that the the days that are hard, definitely, uh, the days that are good outweigh them, and. Um, you know, doing it together is, has been the reason why, you know, this is our 13th year and I'm not sure I could have done it this whole time by myself. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, I know I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. So <laughs> to have done it together and travel together, and, um, it's just made everything that little bit more special. So I think even though sometimes it's not easy, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah.
So Sarah Jane, uh, and this is as much to you as to Dwayne, and um, both. It's a combination thing. I, I put it to you that you shoot enough good scores to be in a top 10 player in the world, but you have a, a round or a two-hour period or whatever that diminishes your finish at some point in a week. So instead of finishing T3, you finish T17, for example. Um, yeah. yeah. Who... who puts their hand up here and say, look, I've just had a, a bogey. I can't have a second bogey. I can't have a double bogey. What? How do you guys counteract that? Well, to be honest, I don't think we've figured it out yet. <laughs> um, because, you know, I've, I've put a lot of weeks together, of, you know, three really good rounds or even, um, you know, just, just like you said, just a couple of hours of bad golf in the tournament. And, uh, I feel like it's been the difference between, you know, if I can figure that out, I bet that's the difference between a, a decent finish and, and possibly a win. So um, I think it's got a lot to do with my short game, and we've been working really hard on that. Um, I, I generally hit a lot of greens, and those those bogeys that I'm making or mistakes, they're generally pretty soft. Um, I don't get myself in, in too much trouble, so the, the bogeys that I'm making aren't really, you know, they're not good bogeys, and I, I know that like a weird thing to say but um yeah they're usually uh pretty weak so um we've been trying to work on that and get that a bit tidied up so so is it a mechanical thing or a mental thing like do you actually Mm. can you can you uh assess that and go oh my god that was a soft bogey that was awful or a bad three putt from 20 feet or something do you go right i really really need to knuckle down on this next hole yeah i mean I, i think so it's sort of it's something that the difference between where I'm at now and where I'd like to be. Um, you know, I, I hit enough good shots to be winning golf tournaments, but I, I'm not, uh, you know, my bad shots aren't bad enough to be making the amount of birdies that I make. And um, from week to week, I make enough birdies. You know, when you look at how many birdies the winners are making, I'm making enough a lot of the week. So those, um, those soft bogeys, I mean, it's it comes down to a lot of short game, I think. Um, I've been working, I've, I feel like I'm a good putter, but I've been, um, I think in those moments where I have to, when I have to make a putt, um, those are the putts that I'm not making. So I've been working hard. Um, actually, another rhythm thing, another tempo thing. Um, I've been doing some stuff with the metronome and trying to really get that to a point where I feel confident Um throughout my putting and um, hopefully that'll be the difference going forward. I don't want people to think that I'm sitting here riding you and giving you the gears because I actually think the opposite. I actually think you play good enough golf to be a mm, world top 10 player yeah, and, and sure. I yeah. absolutely want that for you. So I don't want people to think that I'm giving you the <laughs> hard time. No, not at all. I mean, it's, that's where we're at at the moment. You're just sort of, I'm playing good enough golf, but, but it's just that little bit that's holding me back. So if we can figure that out, then... That will be the next step, I think. So. Well, it certainly looks like you're heading in the right direction. Um, we're all behind you over here, and um, every golf fan in Australia follows uh, your fortunes alongside the other girls on the, you know, the big tours over in um, Europe and America, Sarah-Jane. We really appreciate you joining us on the eve of uh, the A&A at Rancho Relaxo, as Hazy calls it. Um, we, we'll, be, we'll be watching with great interest, Sarah-Jane Smith. Thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. For regular listeners to the podcast, you'll know that um, Brian McPherson, who's a very, very gifted um, young Australian professional, uh, has been good enough to take us, volunteer to sort of take us on his journey a bit this year, Hazy and Stace. We're going to touch base with Brian 
um, who's currently over in China um, on his journey through the ranks. And hopefully as part of this journey, we're going to see him get to where he wants to go. And um, he's not just your average tour player, Brian McPherson. He thinks about the game and some of the aspects of being a professional sports person, you know, beyond cuts and um, money's made and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and we catch up with him again, and he joins us on the show. Bryden, thanks for your time again, mate. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, just before we get going, we we spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, and I think I think on the way through, whether it was on air or off air, we were having a chat about, you know, kind of diet and, you know, the, the kind of holistic way of preparing um, to be the best you can possibly be. Uh, we, one of our colleagues here, Bryden, a man you know pretty well, Mark Hayes, is crook at the moment, and he's saying that as part of his remedy and rehabilitation from a cold he needs to drink pepsi max to line to coat his throat is what he said now somebody who understands getting the best out of your body and being you know elite have you ever heard anything quite so stupid (laughs) yeah no i haven't i haven't heard of this remedy um orange juice can can help but pepsi max not so much but you know someone's got to buy pepsi max i don't know who else buys it so it is pepsi max though it's not full strength there's no sugar in all your time dealing with journalists have you ever heard a more leading question than that (laughs) (laughs) no i don't think so come on i'm sure you have i'm sure you have Hey, before we get onto where you're going and you know where you're at um, at the moment with your golf, like where you've been playing and where you're going to be playing next, you, you, you write these really interesting um, blogs. And under the headline uh, of the Unseen Athlete, which is what it's called, the Mindful and Relentless Athlete is the latest one that you posted. And our time on Wednesday morning, you posted it about 14 or 15 hours ago. You're talking, you talk about this concept of... Um, you know, kind of trying not to try, you know, this thing that a lot of people get, try and get into the heads of sports people, just just try not to try so hard. And, you know, the more you back off in that regard, you know, and you just let the talent come through and the performance kind of shine, you'll be fine. Um, explain that notion as far as you understand it. Well, you know, as I touched on in the blog that I posted yesterday, um, it's not really something that you can explain very well it's sort of something more that you have to internalize and understand not as something that you can really get across to other people uh, but more something that you can just feel and it's a really difficult concept to talk about um, because as I sort of touched on in my blog that there's not really one answer you know everyone is going to have a slightly different understanding of what it's like to sort of pl- to sort of work their way into you know being ready to get into that flow and that zone, and then actually taking the plunge and letting go, and then staying in it. Um, I mean, it's so difficult. You know, golf is kind of sits on its own with other sports because you know other sports you have a, a little bit of a correlation between how hard you try and how well you do. Sports like even Australia, AFL and NRL, you know, that, there's a real sort of grit, sort of get in there and get after it. But in golf, it's more the opposite. It's almost as if the less that you try, the better you do, which is one of the reasons why I think you don't see people playing consistently well 
over years and dominating the sport for years because it's such a hard balance to strike. I find this concept fascinating for yeah. golf because you, we play with folks of a very limited ability and you can see them. When they get under pressure, they grip the club tighter. They swing at it harder. They, they make, it's all so counterintuitive, golf. It's, it's one of those games, Bryden, that what, often what you think you should be doing is the exact, exact kind of opposite of what you should be doing. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you hit down on the ball more to make it go higher. Mm. Um, you, the, you know, the and then, you know, the less that you try, the better that you do. The more you swing freely, the further you hit it. The smoother you swing it, the further you hit it. And it's, that, that's one of the reasons why golf is so difficult, uh, among all the other reasons. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it was really interesting coming across, you know, those two books, um, you know, Relentless by Tim Grover and, and Mindful Athlete by George Mumford. And it was completely by chance. Uh, and, you know, that book by Tim Grover was unbelievable. Like, as far as motivation goes, it's, uh, it's unbelievable to hear what, you know, these guys, MJ and Kobe and all them, did in the gym and how they approach life and how they all they can think about is being the best. And the work to them is irrelevant because... They just want to be the best. and But then the other side of that, having someone come in and teaching them, you know, to sit there and be quiet and listen to the, you know, they're like, listen to their soul, really. And how to get in that flow state is uh, was really amazing. And it was great to sort of just, I was sort of reading both these books with this, this uh, smile on my face thinking, I can't believe that that I've found both these books <laughs> and uh, about the same thing from two completely different perspectives. So, so let me ask um, you. Let me ask you. It really oh, helped me. Go on. Can I keep going? No, go on. So, so. No, I'm just saying it, it sort of. Yeah. Go on, go on, mate. So, this concept that you're talking about, there's a practical application to something that we've already spoken about with Sarah Jane Smith on today's show, Brighton, and she was talking about. Um, getting tempo into her putting stroke in particular. And she, she was talking about mm-hmm. she's been working on this kind of metronome. You know, this thing that you got, a lot of you guys do, you know, the, the timing um, yeah. of, of the thing. Sure. Yeah. So how, when you're in this flow state, and Stacey, this is to you as well, when do you, when do you stop thinking about it? Like you can, when you're practicing and it doesn't count for anything, you are thinking about, okay, it's all about the metronome. It's about the metronome. It's about the metronome. You're trying to get this rhythm in your head, right? But when you get to play and the shot counts, how do you stop thinking about that and just lock in to playing the shot? Just letting go. Just yeah. letting go. I always, I just believed so much that I had put in the hours on the practice. Like I had put in so much time on that metronome that it should just happen out there. It just becomes and, natural, right? Yeah, yeah, but I would attempt to play a practice round without those thoughts as well. I'm not going to practice so much on my metronome, you know, the minute before I'm going to the tee kind of thing. Yeah. I would have already attempted to let it happen in a practice. Hey, easier said than done for sure. <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it, Brian? Yeah. Like, that's the thing, letting it go and not think about it. That's the thing. I, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Stacey's hit the nail on the head there. Like, it's... You know, I mean, and the question that you asked there, Mari, is pretty much the question that stands between everyone that's ever made it in sport and hasn't made it in sport. 
really. Like there's so many people that have got that have gifted uh, physically and with gifted technique mm. and have worked hard on their technique. But you know, it's being able to perform is is what is what separates people. Um, so yeah, it's a very it's a very profound question. But yeah, that's the thing is is you can practice something, uh, you can try and put yourself under under the conditions, um, you know, like a, a, a competitive condition, but it's never going to be the same. Um, but for, for me, what I try and do is to, when I compete, is you just realize that all of the competition and all of the meaning and all this stuff is just all made up in your head. And there's really no difference between a 10-footer on a practice screen and a 10-footer to win a tournament. Even though there is a difference, you know, if you can sort of minimize that, it's a lot easier to sort of let go and access that that uh, that skill. You know, I feel like one of the ancient Romans talking to Aristotle here. I, I just I, I don't know if I'm sort of worthy of understanding all this. I think you understand. It. <laughs> I think you understand it perfectly, Hazy. Oh, it's fascinating to me. Because, oh, it's I, mean, I reckon it's really interesting. Like yeah. I, I hit I could hit 14 blocks and stand on the 15th tee, and I could actually say in my backswing, turn your fat ass. <laughs> right. And clearly that's not going to, you know, do a thing, other yeah. than give my playing partners a giggle, perhaps. Right. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, like, the most, the, the best realisation you can have as a golfer is to realise that nothing that has happened or can or is going to happen can affect your ability to hit the next shot perfectly. Spot on. Spot on. And... And that, that's something if you like, if you can operate under that assumption, then then there's no reason why you can't hit the next shot, whether it's on the first tee of a major, whether it's to win a major, whether it's with your buddies playing for $100, whether it, whatever it is, whether you've just hit 12 bad shots in a row or 14 blocks in a row, hazy, <laughs> uh, or whether you've just hit 14 perfect shots in a row, there's nothing that has happened or can happen that can affect your ability to hit the next shot perfectly. Yeah. All right. You know, I'm not so mentally agile enough um, to ask you the, the appropriate follow-up question, so I'm going to take a different tack. Good. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Um, <laughs> mate, you spoke to us last from Florida before you set off for China, and you, you had, you know, lovely words to speak of your mother, and you said, you know, I, I assume you've left yeah. your, your, your girlfriend in Florida. I assume is where she is. Um, I have. How do you, you know... Did you speak to your mum? How do you deal with being away from from your girl for so long? What's her name? Sorry, I should not just say your girl. Her name's Christina. And do you, how do you how how do you reconcile yeah. being away? We've just spoken to Sarah Jane, who has a husband and you know on the bag and is with her every step of her life. You obviously don't have that luxury just at the moment. No, um, Christina's also the same size as my golf bag. So she carrying it. Um, she, she's done it before and done really, really well. But I think uh, over a four or five week period, I might, you know, might slowly start to grate away at the relationship. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard being away from family. Uh, you know, they're all in Australia, and it's tough. Uh, I think it's a little tougher on them than it is on me because I'm sort of, I've got, I'm focused on stuff that's right in front of me. Um, and that sort of helps distract me a little bit from, you know, missing them so much. Um, and it's a, it's a, you know, it's a tough thing with the relationship stuff. Uh, you know, I had a chance to go home the last two weeks or a chance to stay in China and Monday qualify for the PGA to a China event. And 
because my relationship's important to me, I chose to go home. I think stuff like that is important. Um, and the only other thing that I try to do is when I'm on the road, it's, you know, just the nature of the beast. It's got to be about me and about what I'm doing. Same as any other golfer. Um, and when I'm at home, it's all about her. And that's how you sort of balance it out. And I think if it's done well, I think it can work really well because, you know, a good relationship uh, is just like, it's like sitting by a fire. You know, you sit too close for too long and you get you get burned. And that's an interesting you know, way to put it. too far right? away, you can't feel the warmth. <laughs> What's that? No, that's an interesting way to put it about the fire. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of an old, it, it goes for all kinds of relationships. Um, you know, so it's, it's important to sort of... Uh, also have a little bit of space uh, to be able to do your own thing and not have to, you know, be too close um, all the time, you know, because it, it, you do run out of things to talk about and things like that. And I, I think it can be a really, if used well, uh, just like anything, you you know, um, if you use it well, and it can really uh, be a good thing for your relationship. Yeah, um, and I mean, I think as professional, you know, are... uh, as professional golfer, you know what you're getting in for. You know, you know you're going to have time away. You know it's all about you and... Yeah. Obviously, I think loved Absolutely. ones get that. They understand that. Yeah. And you need to find the right one too. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. and, and someone that understands that, not everyone does. Uh, and I've been lucky enough to find someone and, and I think Stace has as well. So it's... Uh, Very it's, lucky. Um, I locked him in last year, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with the golf, mate, um, before we let you go, we, you played about uh, a fortnight ago, last time you teed it up in a tournament, tied 11th. Um, where you're playing this week, what's the next couple of weeks look like for you? So this week is the uh, is the Bo Owl Open. It's uh, about an hour and a half up the road, still on Hainan Island from where we were two and a half weeks ago. Um and then next week, uh, we've got a week off, uh, and then there's a Challenge Tour event in Kunming and another China Tour event the week after in Kunming also. Um, so three and four weeks, it'll be good. I have only played two events this year, and it'll be good to sort of get into some uh, events. Uh, I played okay at the last tournament. I gave too many shots away from Tita Green. Just play yourself out. You know, probably at least seven or eight shots out of the tournament. Just didn't need to didn't need to happen and um i finished you know six or so back of winning so it's right there just gotta uh just like anything you have a have a result and have a look at how you could do better error correct and then try and do better next time it's not hopefully it's not any more complicated than that find the flow mate find the flow and let it go uh we wish you all the i find it fascinating listening to you i'm not sure every golfer on the planet is thinking um, and reading uh, the way you do and trying to apply that to your golf um, and, you know, your life. Uh, good luck, mate, in the pursuit, and uh, we'll touch base with you again in a few weeks' time. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Good on you, Bri- Brian. Brian McPherson joining us on Inside the Ropes. The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your golf link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows? Maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course in 
index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews, and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today. The home of Australian golf. Peter Senior here. Really enjoy listening inside the ropes. Guys have always got something very interesting to talk about. Hope you enjoyed the program. Welcome back to the show. She's been a bit to process on the way through there. I mean, Sarah Jane Smith going through what she's going through. Oh, we've had some depth in the program tonight. Mark Leishman suggesting that He's on this planet to be a dad, not necessarily to win major golf championships. And then Bryden McPherson taking us very deep into an extended psyche of a professional sportsman. I'm not worthy of listening to him, seriously. I I, I, I kid myself that I think I know what he's talking about, but I've got no idea. (laughs) I pretend. Yeah, yeah, I did the same, Stace. Um, So hopefully, you know, you've enjoyed that as much as we have. There's other bits and pieces we need to get through um, on the way to the wire. We talked about Cam Smith, you know, qualifying, which was great. Bubba wins the thing, right? Yeah. Now, Bubba comes from nowhere and wins at Riviera about a month ago. Um, there was some... I read now that there's some speculation at the time that he'd been unwell, he'd lost weight, um, that he was thinking about giving the game away. Uh, he wanted to focus on family more than golf and all the rest of it. Now he's won at Riviera. Now he wins... At the, at the match play, and he's suddenly, you know, about 15 to 1 to win the Masters for a third time. Tell me, Hazy, we're not going to go over there, and with all due respect to the Watson, we're not going to see him win it, are we? Pack your Gideons. Pack we're your not, Gideons, Bible. Yeah. Uh, look, I... I... Oh, he smashed Kevin Kisner in the final. It was oh, embarrassing it wasn't what even he did a match, to was no, it? it wasn't. But, it no. wasn't, no. But the only thing you can say about that, if you don't like Bubba, is that Kisner imploded. He, yeah. he made that many bogeys that it was more Bubba just... Amazingly, being the consistent one on the course mm. um, that helped him to such a huge victory. Bubba's just another storyline to this incredible Masters we've got unfolding before our eyes here. So, a dual champion. There aren't many of them. No. Uh, and, you know, you, you cannot stick a fork at him because he plays no, that can't write him off. brutally harsh cut for a left-hander, which is exactly what we heard Mark Leishman Spot talk about on, before mate. with his draw for a right-hander. He's got all the shots you need. He, he starts... Instantly, he's playing a past 70 course um, the way he hits the ball off the tee because the um, a couple of the par fives, namely the second and the 13th, he's in position with a mid-iron in. Absolutely. Um, so he's playing them as, as average length par fours. Yep. And that is not a, a luxury afforded to most right-handers in that field. So mm. you can't write him off because he's instantly, his par is eight less than everyone else on the course. Well, he comes in, stays in as good a form as anyone in the tournament. Having two wins in his last four starts, uh, he comes in as hot as anybody now. I don't think he's playing in Houston. No, he's stand not. stand to be corrected on I that. I don't think so. he no, is. He was no, going, uh, he was going on a vacation yeah. last night. I, yeah. uh, I saw, I was listening to an interview of his that, you know, you mentioned about him talking of uh, giving golf away and stuff. And he said that golf wasn't his priority. He's got a couple of other businesses at the moment and he had to keep reminding himself on the course last week to stay focused on golf, stay focused on golf. And that was uh, something him and his caddy had worked on a lot because, yeah, he said, I'm thinking of my family a lot and the other businesses I've got going on. Apparently one's a candy store. Is that right? Yeah. haven't. I need to look more into that. So you spend too much time in the States because we call them holidays in Australia and we call them lollies. <laughs> so drop so the I vacation and drop the candy <laughs> yeah, right away, right? I was obviously I was listening to Bubba there. Okay? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think I'm still pretty Aussie. <laughs> I think you are too. I, I just find it really hard to warm to him generally. And so when he... when. 
everyone else has a great backstory, and clearly, if he wins a third Masters, Evan Elvis, he's going to have a big backstory. But when he sits there and says, oh, I've had it so tough over the last handful of years, well, turn it up, Bubba. And stop blaming. Every time you miss it, you know what I can... Whenever he misses a three-footer, it's never his fault. No, no. Gets a bad read from his caddy, or there was something on the line that knocked his ball out of the hole. Like, he never cops it. That wasn't me. I just put a bad strike. And he does put a lot of bad strikes on a lot of short putts over the journey. But he's a winner. He's a winner. And, uh, you know... One more thing about him. I read with interest how he played the Austin Country Club because it's a course with a lot of reachable par fours for him. Mm. Um, we saw Dustin Johnson crank out that, you know, ridiculous drive, 400 and... I can't remember what it was, 480 yards? Yeah. Something stupid. Standard. Yeah, just bog standard. Um, that Bubba actually barely hit a driver. So he just... He, he played his three wood, which he's got great control over, sort of um, the same way as Henrik Stenson might. Uh, played a lot of irons off tees. And... You know, he has got the power uh, at his disposal with those slightly shorter clubs to still do that and stay in control at Augusta where a lot of other players, especially off tees like 11 um, and the longer par fours, five, where, you know, other players have got to crank everything in their bag to have mm. a mid-iron in. Mm. So he's got a bit, lot of advantages coming up. No doubt. The other big story out of the um, out of the match play was the Ian Poulter situation. Now... Uh... I find it hard to feel sorry for him here because I do feel sorry for him. Yep. But he's got some inform. Did he get? Did he not get the information from the right source? He's claiming he got. You get here, you're going to be in the top fifty. Finishes fifty first. He teed it up in that quarterfinal, thinking he's already in, yeah. uh, which he clearly wasn't. Did he seek the advice from the right place, or is this such a movable feast in terms of the world rankings that we don't quite know ultimately where the numbers are going to fall because of so many other factors. We spoke about earlier with, with uh, Cam Smith, yeah. all the different uh, permutations and combinations that had to happen to make sure uh, he was in. And he had a pretty good source. I'm led to believe it was the Golf Channel uh, reporter who came to him. And I think from Ian Poulter's perspective, you'd probably sit there and go, oh, Great. if a guy from the Golf Channel yeah. says I'm in, I'm yeah. in. Because they would, they'd have a truckload of helpers out the back who presumably crunch the numbers. I should be right. Mm. Um, clearly, it's not up to the Golf Channel to tell him where he is in the official world golf ranking, so I do feel a bit sorry for him. But yes, he does need to check that. And I know for a fact that Cam Smith you know, knew exactly what he had in front of him. So uh, he celebrated when Siwoo Kim went out because yeah. he knew he was in. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, it's, you it's know, a, yeah. It, it, it's in, I feel sorry for him, mm. but it is incumbent on him to actually know. Because uh, Ben Everill, who we refer to on the show quite a bit, he could tell you absolutely anything at any stage about what impact this result or that putt will have on the world rankings. He can figure it out with a computer system that he has there. Yeah. Uh, so it's very doable. Uh, I think you, I think it's incumbent on players on the bubble of these big-time uh, events that they need to know from a reliable source. Stace, another LPGA Tour event, another Korean win. Um, this is one of the more interesting players in the women's game, I reckon, in terms of, not in terms of the demeanour out on the course, but in terms of her career trajectory and what she's done on the way through, Yoon Hee Ji, have I got it right? We, I think that's, uh, I, I, that sounds yep, good. Okay. I'm very disappointed you didn't leave that to stay and have a crack at <laughs> You're a, I never, I never, anyway, it is Yoon Hee Ji. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she finishes with a hole in one um, deep in the final round. Yeah, I think it was, it was just after Christy Kerr had made birdie. Yeah. 
gets within one, and then the next hole, I think it was the 14th, yeah. Yeah, comes through right. hole in one. Uh, Just take that, Christy. Uh, unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Um, she had her lead cut from four to one when she made the ace, uh, and then she breasts the tape you know, really strong. This is an unbelievable career. I mean, she won. She hasn't won very often. She won the U.S. Open, I think, on her second in her second year on tour in about two thousand and nine. Nine, yep. And then she didn't win another tournament until last year. I think. Late last year. Yeah, yeah. the swinging skirts last year. Yep. <laughs> and here she goes again, coming into this tournament, and her, and her numbers like haven't been great. Like in terms of finishing, just go back through her last two or three years. She had a couple of top ten finishes, but she hasn't been sticking her nose in the frame all that often. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, finding some form at the right time, heading mm. into a major this week, and yeah, I mean, it was it was great to see last week. Um, I, I don't I don't personally know her at all, mm. so I can't comment there. But it was nice to see Christy Kerr get done. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Whack. I like that, Eddie. Well, well, why? What have you got against Christy Kerr? No, 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 nothing. I just. Uh, you know, well, she's uh, she's had a lot of victories and okay, yeah, no, 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 no other comment. I on thought that there one. might have been a story there, no, Stacey. No, no, You're going to no, break just, for uh, us on inside. The oh, I probably don't think she's the most popular girl out there, but okay, yeah. There you go. I think she's going to really warm to this microphone. Oh, no, I like it. Series no. I like it. Look at her just relax. <laughs> Talk about Rancho Relaxo. <laughs> anyway, I think we should touch on the hole-in-one and the yeah. uh, the the fact that she got a car for that hole-in-one and no, then yeah. got another car for the victory, yeah. plus her winner's check. So. Pretty uh, pretty solid week there. Two hundred seventy thousand she wins, plus a Sorrento for the hole in one and a Stinger, a Kia Stinger. Now you're the Kia expert in the booth. I am. Which would you rather have, the Sorrento or the Stinger? Ah, uh, well, it depends what phase of her life she considers herself <laughs> right. in. If she's packing a family around uh, Inchon, then maybe oh. maybe she should roll with the Sorrento if she wants to sort of go on Route sixty six and let her hair down. Yeah, I the think Stinger's the way to go. Right, no worries. Um, LPGA, uh, that was the LP. So we got the you know, we got the major to look forward to this week, which um, is terrific. Any other five Aussies in the field this week for the A and A? So yeah, yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, and I had a good chat with Richie Smith um, before um, before the tournament, and he's really comfortable with where both Minji Lee and Hannah Green are. Mm. And um, you actually heard Sarah Jane speak earlier about how the course suits them, and Richie sort of reinforced that some Australian. Uh, bounce about the course and for Hannah Green in her major championship debut um, it's really important uh, to have that sort of almost homely feeling uh, and I think she's really going to go as as well as she has all year mm. I don't think there's any reason to doubt that she'll, the nerves will get her so Hannah Green Minji Lee Suo Catherine Kirk and of course Sarah Jane okay. so a big contingent uh, it's fantastic to see so many Aussie women in the majors no Kari Webb yeah, it's obviously interesting to see mm. her sitting out this one. And, yeah, I think she's still in Australia at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I think she just – obviously she's going to play a very limited schedule this year and she wanted to, to skip this one. Mm. To, it's an event she really, really enjoys. Yeah. So I think she wanted to see if she really is missing it, you know, when she's sitting out this week. So what, interesting uh, interesting way to go about it. But, yeah, yeah I think and, it's, it's great. Yeah, I think we probably forgot to mention it last week. She did get a, a special invitation. From the USGA to the US Women's Open in a couple of months' time. So. To play her 23rd in a row. Wow. Is that right? Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> That's unbelievable? Yeah. That's phenomenal. It really is. Hey, at the other end of the spectrum, um, Becky Becky Kay, we were having a chat about her off air. Yeah. I mean, she's in some unbelievable form at the moment. Um, interesting story with Becky, actually. She got her the end of her finger chopped off in the boot of a car by her boyfriend at the time, late oh. last year. 
and had to Is miss... that what ended the relationship? Well, I don't know. Actually, no, we'll have okay. to speak to Becky about that. Okay, right <laughs> um, but we, uh, yeah, she missed like two, two and a half months of golf, like zero golf, zero practice. And so that was the end of last year and now has come into some great form. Won Riversdale Cup, then run one uh, South Australian stroke play, and he's currently, as we record now, leading WA stroke play to go three in a row. Gee, that's big, isn't so it? So re- at the pointy yeah. end of the season for the yep. girls. Absolutely. I, I had a very brief chat with her, and she uh, made reference to the fact that she's come through with uh, Karis Davidson. Yep. And she could see Karis Davidson immediately vault into the final group at the Vic Open and get her card in Japan, I think she can see that if you do knuckle down and, and really put your nose to the, the wheel here. Absolutely. Both the girls are coming through the QAS program. I yeah. think that's got to be very motivating for Phenomenal. for Becky, um, you know, to see what Karis has done mm. through that program as well. Yeah. yeah. PGA Tour. Did it go? Was it Dominican Republic for the first time ever? Is it yes. the first time? It is, which uh, is no It had been a web event previously. Yeah. It's got the promotion. So Bryce Garnett wins his first ever PGA Tour yep. title, which is remarkable. Wins by four. Jeff Ogilvie. We don't spend a lot. Of, we, we spend more time talking about Jeff now as a course designer and his bigger picture thoughts on the game. But look, he's been beaten by 10. But tie 22, he was in sort of just on the edge of being in the mix through kind of the middle stage of the tournament, he's still clearly very competitive. You know, he's still it's still there for Jeff Ogilvy if he ever decides that for one last time I'm gonna and I don't think I think the that horse is bolder in terms of him committing completely and totally, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, to you know, the the grind of week in, week out PJ to a life. But he's still he's still competitive. I think he realised Andy when he flirted with losing his card what it still meant to him. Yeah. He wasn't prepared to just walk away, shove the sticks in the garage for 10 years and come and play seniors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in 2026 or whenever. Uh, so he's still got that fire in his belly and what he loves doing more than anything is going out uh, and and playing at Kingston Heath tomorrow and taking 20 bucks off you. Yeah, right. So he's still got that, you know, that element of what made him like golf in the first place still is attractive to him. He still loves the sport. So yeah. I think, you know, if he can find that week where everything clicks, because uh, I think he still hits the ball as well as ever, he's probably just got to find that putting groove. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've seen the end of him yet. Uh, we haven't seen the end of David McKenzie. You talk about the old boys on the Champions Tour. He was a shot off the lead with about four or five holes to go. Steve Stricker wins at 11 under the card. David McKenzie on the PJ Champions Tour. Um, finishes third, eight under the card, three back. It's fantastic. This is a guy who has had grass allergies and, you know, he's had... And it's hard to play professional golf if you've got a grass allergy. That that doesn't help. <laughs> but I don't know too many... In my time watching golf, this guy he was there from just about when I started watching golf, David yep. McKenzie, and he's still committed to the game. He plays pro-ams here and he gets out on the global tour there and... Any success that comes Dave McKenzie's way is absolutely and thoroughly earned, I reckon. He deserves anything that he gets at any stage of his professional career, this bloke. I wholeheartedly concur, and he, uh, I carried him to Andy at the Kerr-Lewis Pro-Am last year. I think we had 48 points, and I got my name on the card once. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and I really... So his back's in good order, then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's Very no problems so. with that. Yeah, no, just, just to your point, that he, you know, he, he applies the same... Uh, intensity at Curlewis Pro-Am that he does on a Champions Tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a credit to him to have that mindset for so long. Mm. A really nice bloke like Dave. We should get him on. 
He'd be great. Yeah. Absolutely should, particularly after that. I mean, you know, this opens up a world of possibilities to a guy who's still competitive and, yeah. you know, playing well. So he loves the matter. CurtisLuckWeb.com. Uh, in the mix, shoot 77 on the last round. Anyone can do that. Cameron's yep. the best players on the planet. I mean, he was threatening to win the thing at one stage, the Argentinian Julian Tullian. How can we all go with that? Well, it sounds a bit French rather than Spanish, but... <laughs> go on, give me the Spanish version. No, I just think it's Italian. Italian. That's much better. See, that's better. You're much <laughs> more travelled than I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie Arnold was the best of the Aussies. Curtis Luck, 69, 65, 70. was looking a real chance. 77 on the Sunday, but we keep an eye on him, don't we? He's one that we're all very interested to see. Curtis, what? I reckon he's something brewing. Mm, uh, so do I. Uh, yeah, he, there's, been, there's been good signs. Yeah, he, he cut up um, the third round in uh, the PJ Tour event the week before. Mm. Uh, he showed signs, obviously, this week. And uh, look, is it next something. week? Is it the week? We'll get it together. Yeah, it's coming real soon. It's something. Hazy and Stace, um, Tony Romo, who you know we love. We love Tony Romo. <laughs> Great commentator. Good commentator. He's a better commentator than he was quarterback. He's an elite commentator. For those who don't know, this is the guy who sort of um, had the responsibility of quarterbacking, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys around the NFL for Correct. a handful of years, probably 10 or 12 years. And yeah, he did was, a reasonable job. He was good, not yeah, great. Yeah, good, not great. Great commentator. The celebrity golfer who gets these starts in PJ Tour events, he got his start, missed the cut, um, 77-82, finished 28 shots off the lead, 15 back from the cut line. Now, I think I don't mind the notion of this. I don't mind the concept of the Steph Currys and the Tony Romos being gifted spots in these fields from a promotional perspective. If it means they're going to get 10,000 people through the gate that they might not otherwise have got to the event and it's going to bring a bit of publicity to the event, so be it. But is that good? Is that good when they, when they finish as poorly and as off the mark as Tony Romo did? Yeah, I mean, I can see the idea of it. I'm personally not a fan of it. I'm just not. That's what a pro-am's for. That's when those guys can come and play. Okay, maybe you won't get as many numbers coming to watch a pro-am. I get that, but that's someone's... I can feel Hazy's, Hazy's not on my page here, no. but I... Yeah, that's what a pro-am's for. Yep. The, and the argument for that is that he's taking money out of a pro's pocket. Or the, taking an opportunity away. Yeah. yeah. And I, I put it to you, Stace, that the... Give it to me, Hazy. 144th player in that field is not going to win that event. Maybe. But he might have more of a chance. Might make the cut. Yeah. It might be really important to what he does. Like, do we think he ever had a chance to make the cut? Do we think let, he did? Let's not forget here, Tony Romo is a scratch marker. Okay. And I think it shows you two things. He's a scratch golfer. Mm. We all think, oh, once you get to scratch, you can be a pro. Well, nothing's further from the truth. Because mm. all the good pros, men's and women's around the world, if they went back to clubland and practiced... They'd be off plus six, plus yep, seven, yep, plus eight. So yep. let's get that notion out of our head. But what I will say against the pro, and I, I love all the guys who are battling to try and make the field. I love them all. But ultimately, what Tony Romo's done is given that event a profile and hopefully another sponsor and a purse that's higher. Not only hopefully this year, that, but yeah. the following years. I, I, can, yeah. I can definitely see that yeah. side of it. It's just me personally, I'm not a fan of it. You need to prove that that, that actually happened. Well, I need data here. <laughs> Oh, don't give me. I need. I need you to come in next week and go. Well, here it is. So listen to these papers that I'm rattling, 
these are official documents that prove an economic benefit to that tournament that Tony Romo has brought. Well, Hayes is a bit busy next I'm, week. He's got something on, but maybe after that. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. I'm going to go and hire the same people who do that for the Australian Grand Prix. I knew you were going to say that. I was going to throw that right back at you. Are they some dodgy stats? Or? <laughs> well, I would never say <laughs> that. No, 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 no. Economic benefit. Oh, yeah, no. no. I, I, just think, I just think that the 144th player into that field could be me. Uh, you know, it's someone who's never going to scratch the surface of a big tour win. Uh, you know, if it's a young kid, I get that. If it's a chopper who's 37 and just, you know, at the back end of it, I'm in. I'm all in on Romo playing. I'm all in on Steph Curry playing because it's now on ESPN Centre, And that's what happened. That event would not have got one lick of coverage. And here's my proof, and it's visual, so I can't razzle papers. <laughs> it made Sports Centre. So, you yeah. know. Just turn- I mean, when yeah. Curry played, it did as well. But, Precisely. That's my but point. But I haven't seen the data on that after it. But I did see it on the TV. Which we don't want to start getting with if you're data. Not, if you've been the last player into a pro field, and you've made the cut, and you've made money that made you... Um, keep your card for the next year, which means you keep a job, which means yep. you can feed your family, which means you can put your kids through school, which means you can pay your mortgage. Mm-hmm. The life things, the important things for a pro golfer. Yep. Tony Romo doesn't need to make a dollar out of golf. No, and may- maybe he could actually take I that he- cash I in from you. and invest into the 144th guy, sponsor him through a couple of tough weeks of his career. Well, wouldn't that be a lovely thing? That would be nice. No, that I, would be a lovely thing. I do understand the problem the 144th pro has got with this issue, mm. but mm. I, I just say that it gets coverage for golf that otherwise wouldn't happen and the sponsors and everything that flows from that down the track benefits the 143 others. Just not for the For the greater good and we need to implore. Oh. Tony, I know Tony's a big listener of this. There's a very... Loves the show. Yeah, he can't Pati- get enough Big of fan it. of you. Is he? Not a big fan of me because he reckons I underrate him as a quarterback. <laughs> no, I just I implore you. you, Tony, to reach out to Jerry Knackers and give him a, give him a cup. If he does that, if he comes out and says that's what I did, I, I love. I mean, I love the bloke anyway. I love him. I love Tony Romo. But if he comes out and does that, then more power to him, and that validates, um, or validates not the right word, but that justifies having Tony Romo in the field. I reckon I'd love him if he did that. Well, we could easily find out the alternate, the first alternate to that field. So, yeah. I mean, he could do it if he was that inclined. I'm pretty sure he's not. Um, anything else before we uh, get a wriggle on? You've got some important notes over there. We've got a special uh, Ask Clates coming up yeah, in the coming weeks. We can all sit here and talk about how people like us and don't like us and whatever. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, Mike Clayton's the star of this little show. So it's his show. It's his show, and we just bide time until he comes in in a few weeks' time. Until he graces time. us with his presence. Correct. And he is coming back in a couple of weeks, and the world-famous Ask Us, Ask us Anything segment is back in play, Andy. I love it. So we encourage people to get on Twitter and tweet us at inside the underscore ropes. Use the hashtag, hashtag ask us anything. Uh, and when Clates returns to the uh, third host chair, uh, you can pepper him with anything. Anything. Absolutely anything. And the more controversial, uh, the better. Preferably to do, do with golf. Don't forget um, to subscribe to the show. Spotify, Stitcher, other various providers of podcasts. I know you're a big Apple podcast. Like, well, like, that's my go. Yeah, I'm an Overcast guy. Okay, right on. We can get it on Overcast. Uh, but wherever you get your podcasts exactly from. Right. And we'd also love listeners to enjoy, who enjoy the show to uh, rate and review it on iTunes, uh, which helps more people like you discover it. There you go. Stacey, I'm looking forward to you doing more of these. I've just got a feeling that you are going to provide 
some headlines for us this year. Oh, I hope for the right reasons. No, and I've, right uh, reason. I've really enjoyed being in here and learn a lot from you guys. Well, what have you learned? Just give us one thing that you've learned from us today. Yeah, no, none of these throwaway um, lines. You can't just, the Pepsi Max is no good for you when you've got a cold. Or maybe it is good. Or maybe this is something That's that we have thing. I'm today. not crossing out that theory. No, it's like... probably something I won't pursue. <laughs> no. But, um... no. Hang on, I've got Christy uh... Kerr on the phone. Hang on a second. Oh, good. We'll look forward to getting her on the show next time. You... Uh, Stacey, no, lovely Very to enjoyable, guys. I love it. Good on you, Hazy. Get better. Thanks, and I'll bro. see you in Augusta. If not before, so jealous. Cop that, Stace. Yeah. Uh, inside the ropes, episode number thirty-six done and dusted. Thanks to Sarah Jane Smith, Mark Leishman, Brian McPherson, but more importantly, thank you to you for having a listen. We'll be back next week to do it all again.